Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, hello, everyone. I hope you're all having a happy resident recruitment season so far. Even though it's long hours and a lot of off-the-clock work, it's such an exciting time of year. Every year, as I'm reading through the CVs of students who apply to our program, I'm just completely blown away by some of the amazing things that these people have accomplished. It's so much more competitive than when I applied. I'm very thankful for that. So as you may have noticed from the title, today I'm veering a little bit from our typical coach behavior, and I'm issuing a directive. You need a hobby. It's a little out of character for a coach to tell you what to do. See episode 12, Coaching versus Mentoring and Why Your Coach Won't Tell You What to Do. The reason we don't usually give our clients action plans to follow is because that would mean that we're presuming to know what's best for someone else, which really no one can. It would also mean that we're unburdening someone from the process of figuring out what they really want and why. And while that might sound like a good thing, it really isn't. It might sound like we're just giving someone a little direction. Isn't that nice? But the problem is that if you don't take ownership and responsibility for your path in life, the goals you achieve are someone else's goals, and they don't give you the same satisfaction as when you accomplish something that's important to you. And likewise, the failures can feel like someone else's failures. Well, it's not my fault, or I'm not as good as the person who came up with this plan. I could never possibly accomplish this or they gave me a plan that was too hard for me and unrealistic for me, and therefore they're to blame for this failure. And if you remember from episode number 26 about confidence and self-confidence, we need to have some failures along the way to build resilience and to hone our problem-solving skills and to generate a little grit and determination. If you're thinking your failure is someone else's fault, it might feel good in the moment, but it also means you're believing that you have no control over the situation. And therefore, you can't change your thinking and actions and all of that in order to create the outcome you want in the future. But today I'm going to go out on a limb and give you my opinions and advice about hobbies, and I'll explain them as I go. I'm making an assumption that folks who are listening are either working on their current state of burnout or motivated to avoid it in the future. And I'm also making the assumption that some strategies that have worked for lots of other folks might work for you. So I'll also preface this with take it all with a grain of salt. Give it a listen. Do some serious thinking about whether it's for you or not. And if it isn't, that's fine. Let it go. Before we get started explaining the reasons that you need a hobby, here's the definition from dictionary.com. A hobby is an activity or interest pursued for pleasure or relaxation and not as a main occupation. Now, I also found several other definitions that are similar, but most of the other definitions include some language that this is something that you do regularly. And even though this next thing wasn't in any of the online definitions that I found, in my own personal definition, I would also further specify that a hobby is not something that you plan to do regularly for some other reason aside from your own enjoyment or well-being. So along those lines, parenting is not a hobby. You can't say my family's my hobby because chances are you're going to keep taking care of them even when it doesn't feel fun and relaxing and even when it kind of sucks. Walking your dogs is not a hobby. 
you might enjoy it and do it regularly, but you're probably doing it mostly for your dogs rather than for yourself. Things like exercise can get a little tricky. While you might really enjoy it and you might be doing it regularly in pursuit of a personal goal, we also exercise for other reasons like maintaining health and reducing stress. Some people even use exercise as a buffer. They over-exercise in order to not feel something unpleasant that they're trying to avoid. Now, saying that your hobby has to be something that you do specifically for your own enjoyment and or relaxation doesn't mean it can't also be benefiting other people or things. My godfather likes woodworking and he creates beautiful pieces. People buy them and bring beauty and utility into their homes. Other people benefit, but it's still a hobby. On the other hand, something like buying and filling backpacks for unhoused people is probably not a hobby. Now, don't get me wrong. It's an important humanitarian effort, and I applaud and encourage anyone who's making time in their life for activities like this, especially if they're doing them regularly. But the reason it's probably not a hobby is because it's not the doing of the thing that gives you pleasure. It's the positive impact on society that gives you pleasure. This kind of thing can also be beneficial in reducing and preventing burnout. It's just not something that you would call a hobby. Okay, so why do I think that you, the academic physician who either has burnout and wants to reduce it or is working to reduce the risk of becoming burned out, need a hobby? Reason number one, figuring out what on earth you could do for a hobby helps you to figure out who you are. It's very easy for us to become defined by these roles that we play doctor, leader, parent, partner, you name it. We start to think of these things as our whole identity, but it doesn't have to be that way. I remember the first time it was suggested to me during coaching that I should get a hobby, I felt a little panicked. I thought, I have no idea what I like doing just for me. I mean, I like reading, but that's not really a hobby. This process can take a bit of trial and error, and that's great. The error part is still part of figuring out who you are because it's like, okay, well, now I know I'm someone who doesn't enjoy X. And don't worry if you don't figure out what you do like right away. That's okay. And also, don't worry if you change hobbies over time. You're an evolving person. You reserve the right to change your mind about what does and does not fill your bucket. Reason number two. Having a hobby is an important part of your self-care routine. If you are regularly engaging in something because you enjoy it, you're prioritizing yourself and contributing to your wellness. It's not selfish, it's self-prioritization. Raise your hand if at least once a week you use the analogy of putting on your own oxygen mask on the plane before assisting someone else when you're explaining to a patient how prioritizing their own health, even if it feels like it's diverting attention and care away from their dependents, is actually crucial for their ability to continue caring for those dependents. I know many of us use that example all the time. And then maybe we feel a little sheepish remembering that we're not always the best at this. That's okay. We can learn it right along with our patients. Reason number three, having a hobby helps you de-emphasize the importance of your job in terms of your total life. If all you ever do is go to work and take care of people all day or night or both in my case, and you don't have anything outside of work that's a big priority for you, it's easy to start believing that work is everything. 
And if work is everything and work isn't going so great, where does that leave you? That means everything is not so great. And you might be thinking, well, I also have my family or friends or whatever clan of people are part of your personal network. Yes, yes, you do. At least I hope you do. That network of people is very important, but it's not really something you're doing just to make yourself happy. If the only thing you're really doing is work, there are a whole lot of factors that go into what happens at work, and we don't really have control over a lot of them. So the pleasure or pain that you get from work feels really, really important. And it is. I mean, obviously, our jobs are very important, but work is not everything. There really is more to life, even for doctors. Reason number four. Engaging in a hobby gives you an opportunity for personal growth. Trying something new, practicing it, refining your technique, learning about something you've never done or tried before, doing something wrong a few times, and then having that moment of, hey, I did it, when you finally get it right. These things make us challenge ourselves and branch out. They make our world bigger. They expose us to new ways of thinking, and sometimes new people, and sometimes new places. They help us enrich our lives and appreciate the vast array of experiences that are out there waiting to be had. And last reason number five, having a hobby can be an outlet for stress and anxiety that does not involve a buffer and can even have a product at the end. Meditation and exercise are great for stress relief. I try to do both of these regularly. I know they're both very important for me. But sometimes it's even better if the thing that's reducing your stress and anxiety also creates something that you can see or touch. Here's my personal example. In the spring of 2020, my anxiety was through the roof. I know I'm not alone in this. Even those of us who've been so fortunate and we've never lost anyone close to us from COVID, all of us in healthcare still experienced this massive collective trauma in one way or other. So I did my fair share of eating pizza and ice cream, and I panic bought a Peloton bike and a treadmill, and I did my fair share of over-exercising too. But I also bought a sewing machine and taught myself how to sew masks. I used to sew in high school, but I hadn't touched a sewing machine in decades. Now, getting my hands on a sewing machine and fabric and elastic was no small feat, since there were tons of other people out there with the same idea. But I managed to track these things down and went to work. I experimented with a few patterns, had some that were total flops, and some that just didn't turn out quite right. Eventually, I found a pattern that I really liked, and I researched what fabrics were better filters. And since then, I've sewn and given away literally hundreds of masks. I haven't made any in a while now since the need for cloth masks has really dropped. But just to toot my own horn a little, I actually have some evidence that my masks might work. A few months ago, two people I know sat next to each other on a plane for about seven hours, both wearing masks that I made. Both felt well when they got on the plane. One of them started to feel lousy during the flight and then later developed more symptoms and ultimately had COVID. And so that person was definitely infectious during the flight. The other person, who sat inches away for hours and hours, didn't get it. 
Now, I'm sure the two biggest protective factors there were vaccines and the air circulation on the plane, but I have to believe the masks helped. But anyway, back to my days when I was making masks a lot, this hobby, which made me use both my brain and my hands, really helped me with my anxiety. It gave me at least a small sense of control, being able to do something and produce a product that might help people. It made me have the discipline to try and try again until I got things right and to teach myself a new skill. And it kept me busy and distracted, which was exactly what I needed at the time. Now, believe me, I also spent plenty of time trying to be busy and distracted by watching TV shows and movies, but they were nowhere near as effective. I'm super good at zoning out while I'm watching a show and finding myself focused on my stress again rather than even pretending to watch the show. But the sewing hobby not only kept me engaged, it also had an end product that gave me a sense of satisfaction and pride. So if you've already got a hobby that does all of these things for you, great, keep it up. If you're now sold on the importance, but you don't have a specific hobby in mind yet, well, get to work. It's a big world out there and there are plenty of things to choose from. And if you're feeling paralyzed because you don't even know how to get started, it doesn't matter. Just pick something and try. No matter what, you'll learn something about yourself and it'll push you forward on your personal journey. Thanks for joining me today. I will see you back next time. Any opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.